there's the fanfare. That means it's time for our weekly movie review with our in-house movie reviewer, Matt Oline. Matt, welcome back to Main Street. Hi, Craig. Good to be here. All right. This is the movie <laughs> review we've all been waiting for. Matt Taylor Swift, the Iris Tour movie. Matt, this was marketed as a movie that rescued the theaters in October. What are your comments about it? And then we'll get into the movie itself. It is just past $150 million, which is ridiculous for a concert movie. That's almost unheard of, I would say. And I would say what it is, Craig, it is a concert movie. You are seeing her in concert for two hours and 40 minutes. The stagecraft on her tour is insane. I mean, the, the, the sets that they have on the stage are... You know, she sings this stuff from the Evermore album, and all of a sudden she's in like this little cottage in the woods. And it just, it, it's crazy how they can change the set so quickly and her, her costumes and everything else. So the stagecraft, whoever put on this concert tour, whoever did that, and I'm sure there's tons of people, they deserve a huge shout out for this. The director is Sam Wrench, who has directed a lot of music videos and, you know, things like that. He's worked with other performers as well. So you basically see her performing. I would have liked couple behind-the-scenes moments. I would agree with, with you when you and I were talking about yeah. that. I was hoping, really, we could see her getting to the costume changes, yep. coming back on stage, all the energy there. A brief interview with her, something like that, or with fans. I, I wanted to see, and I don't, I don't need a lot of interviews with fans, but maybe three or four, let's say, young women, because that is her demographic, asking them, why do you love her? What's the big deal? Because you don't get any of that. You just get her performing. And she's a marvelous performer. I'll just, I'll judge on that as well. You know, I'm, I'm past my, uh, Taylor Swift music, right. I'm, <laughs> I'm Beatles, Stones, 80s techno. You and I are about the same age. Remember all those 80s British bands, Duran Duran. We loved all that kind of stuff. So this isn't my cup of tea. Her music is very catchy. Even people our age, Craig, are familiar with, you know, Blank Space, Bad Blood, Shake It Off, You Belong With Me, Never Ever Ever Getting Back Together. Those are songs that are built into our DNA now. I think we're all familiar with those. Very catchy. She knows how to write catchy lyrics. But I think what is the attraction for her with her fans is she writes internally. So not only are they catchy tunes, she writes about her love life. She writes about awkwardness of being a teenager. I'm in the bleachers, you're in the cheer section. You know that line from, mm -hmm. from that song. And I think that speaks to these young women that she writes her own music. She plays guitar. She plays piano. She's not controlled by a puppet master. And what I mean by that is she didn't come from some manufactured Destiny's Child girl group like Beyonce did. She wasn't kind of manufactured as this pop teen princess like Britney Spears. She's, she's tall. She's willowy. She plays guitar. She writes her own music. She's kind of crafted her own image. I think that's why... She speaks to so many fans, and she's controlled her song. She controls her career. She's a businesswoman. And I think that is re that really speaks to, to the young women who love her. There are plenty of men in the audience as well. Uh, she has many admirers like Paul McCartney and Smokey Robinson. But essentially that 15 to 30 age group with women, she speaks to them. As a performer, you know, she's not really a dancer. She has dancers on stage with her. But she utilizes her audience rapport well. She utilizes her, like we've talked about, her very long legs, which allow her to prance around and walk and run on stage. She uses all that all that to great effect. So she's a marvelous performer, marvelous songwriter. I just wish I could have had a few more behind-the-scenes moments 
like we sometimes get with concert movies. I would argue that maybe she may be the most popular person in the world today. Wrap your head around that if you if you would. But secondly, the transition that she has made from country music when yeah. I saw her perform at Cheyenne Frontier Days to this incredible world-known pop star is just wonderful. Matt, about the movie, did they capture the excitement and the emotion? Did you feel like you were at a concert even better than that since everything is right in front of you? You can't really be at the concert. It's not quite like that, but I do think they captured the frenzy the audience rapport she has with her audience. She even thanks them for some of the albums like Evermore, which are a little less poppy, allowing her to explore her herself as an artist. And the audience has stayed with her through all that. So she, I think she is truly appreciative of the fans. That's why she's there. She even says that. At that point, if you can't sell your music, at some point you're going to be playing a bar and wherever. You know what I mean? And that's fine. There's people who carve out careers like that. But ultimately, like with the Beatles, who I'm now comparing her to, I think she's as big in her time as the Beatles were in the 60s. Now, the Beatles were big before the internet. Everything they did was news. But like the Beatles, eventually Lennon, McCartney, and Harrison wrote inward songs. It wasn't just She Loves You, Yeah, 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 as great as that song is. Their songs became very personal about themselves, about their lives. And again, I think that's where Taylor Swift taps into what her, why her fans love her, because she writes about things that are important to them. Matt, do you have any other experience with concert movies, and how does this compare? Well, it's different from the ones that I like, like Woodstock and Gimme Shelter. Gimme Shelter, if you've seen that, Craig, that's about Altamont in 1969 when the Hells Angels I have not seen all heck broke mm-hmm. loose in that concert, and the, the Stones are in the movie, and they, they're watching the footage at the end about when someone gets stabbed, and it's just crazy. That one has a darkness to it. Because that was supposed to be Woodstock West and all all hell broke loose. There was too much acid, too much all kinds of bad things in that audience. So it's not like that. It's not like a dark concert film like Gimme Shelter or that moment that Woodstock was, which Scorsese, you know, early in his career worked on that film as well. It's just this is for the fans. I think this is a movie for the fans who did not have the money or the uh, know-how to get tickets to this tour. And the tour is not done yet. It's no. still, it's still going on. So you still might have a chance to see her. It wasn't made to be behind the scenes or anything like that about her life. It was made for the people that did not get to see her live. I think it's worth noting too, that the movie hasn't had its international uh-huh. release yet. And that's coming. That'll be big too, won't it, Matt? Huge. Absolutely huge. Yeah, for sure. All right. I want to go see it. I I really do. I I admire her as a businesswoman and an artist. I also want to hear the movie. I want to see it in the right right place to to really feel it and understand it. What's upcoming, Matt? We're going to talk about Priscilla next week. That is the Sofia Coppola film, which sees the Elvis Priscilla Presley from Priscilla's point of view when she was 14. And Elvis started taking an interest in her, which, you know, is creepy to think about now. As we look back, it should have been creepy then. Uh, But uh, you know the whole story. This time we get it from Priscilla's point of view. That'll be next week's review. I'm really looking forward to The Holdovers, the Alexander Payne movie with Paul Giamatti. We've got Napoleon coming out with Joaquin Phoenix. Maestro with Bradley Cooper. Oscar talk for him as Leonard Bernstein. And Poor Things with Emma Stone. A lot of big films coming. Quickly, Matt, are you worried that this actor strike that's still pressing on is really going to affect what we see at the box office? 
so far it hasn't, but it will. I think what what I'm seeing right now is some of the TV shows are delayed. You know, I used to watch Chicago Med, yeah, Chicago uh, Fire. They're not Chicago on Chicago PD right there. Oh, they're yeah. just they're just not on, and we can't see the rotating cast that keeps changing every year on those shows. So I hope this is settled before the Oscars and we can actually get an Oscar show. That's another thing in question. Will they actually have a show Very or just announce the winners? Yeah. I don't know. All right, let's move on to trivia. I think this will be easy for okay. you, Matt. What movie directed and choreographed by Rob Marshall was an American musical film that won Best Picture? Uh, Chicago, Best Picture 2002. Well done. We have been to the movies with Matt O'Lean. Matt O'Lean. 